Man, I'm excited to be here this morning. I always love to get to preach. Uh, when Jamie is gone or otherwise detained and, you know, he might be in jail. I don't know where he is, but he's not here. And so I get, I get to preach this morning. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm excited that my family's here. Yeah, I got a whole roll of family. Hey, it's exciting. Um, I'm going to start off with, actually, Matt, can you come up here for a second? Matt's going to help me this morning. Some of you guys remember Matt. Yeah, thank you. Good job. Come up here. Stand right next to me, buddy. Matt, Matt used to be the executive. He's been the youth. He's been the interim, the minister of silliness and fun. He's done it all here at South Point, um, but uh, just yesterday, I was talking to Matt, and he called me, and he said, Justin, the Lord's laid this special song on my heart that I want to play for you guys with this sleigh bell. So we're going to put five and a half minutes on the clock, and Matt's going to play this five and a half minute sleigh bell solo for us. Go ahead, Matt. Now you all have to get your own. <laughs> five and a half minutes. Keep it going. Let's go. We're in the spirit this morning. Yeah. Uh, uh. Little bit of clapping, they're feeling it. Maybe dance moves will help. All right, that's it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. That's not at all what I wanted Matt to do. Uh, that was that was special just for Matt. I actually have a more important task. Matt, this is my favorite pencil. It means a lot to me. It's a special pencil. It may look like a pencil to you guys. But there's an emotional, it's difficult, but this pencil, we've been, we've been through some things, okay? You guys wouldn't understand, but I know Matt will. Matt, take care of that pencil for now. We'll, I'll see you later. Good job, buddy. Thank you. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, everybody give Matt a hand. Excellent. No one else does a sleigh bell solo like Matt. I couldn't find a maraca or that would have been what the Lord laid on his heart, but that's close enough. Thank you, Matt. Um, okay, so we're actually going to open the Bible today. I promise we're, this, is, this is why I'm here. Um, we're, gonna, uh, we're going to read a story that's actually a really good story. I, I love the story. Um, I, I didn't know much about it until I started looking into it and digging in and reading it. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. It actually kind of reads like it's for a, a scene from Dumb and Dumber, which is one of my favorite movies. And so as we read it, I'm just like, wow, this is going to be good. I'm going to like this. Um, I'm also, part of the reason why I'm excited this morning is because as a guest speaker uh, for like a year and a half as we traveled around, I had to preach the same, I didn't have to, but I chose to preach the same sermon so many times. And when I get to come to South Point, Jamie's like, do whatever you want. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, whatever you want. I'm like, okay. And I was talking to Ellen, and I said, this morning, I said, he's like, is it going to be good? I said, it could be my best ever. Could be my worst ever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you guys are going to find out. But um, it, it was led me to think of something that somebody, one of my pastor friends had posted this week, and it said, sometimes we put our performance uh, over God's purpose. This is a story about that. Sometimes we focus a lot 
on how well we do. And that's something I constantly have to remind myself every time I get ready to get to present the gospel or to preach or teach anywhere I go is that, man, my performance is a part of this. Absolutely. I need to prepare. I need to, to be on my game. But, man, what this is really about is purpose. So keep that in mind as we, as we study this lesson. Um, so we're going to talk about obedience this morning. Uh, Don made me a really cool slide. There it is. Obedience. I tried to put all number stuff in there, and then I realized some of them weren't even number symbols. They were like, uh, that's a, I don't know anything about math. I took aspects of modern math in college, so I don't know the difference between just symbols and math stuff. You could just throw, there was a copyright symbol in there for a little while, and I was like, is that, that's math? I mean, <laughs> circle with a C in the middle? I was like, surely that's math, because it said it's a symbol, but obviously I know nothing about math. So let's start out with the story. Let's, let's jump in. Um, it's really important to know the beginning of what happens here. We're in chapter 15 of 1 Samuel. Um, and so we're going to start there. Uh, I'm going to read you kind of the summary of what's happened before, and then we'll, we'll jump into some scripture. So what's, what's happening here is Saul has been appointed king of Israel. Eh, he's, <laughs> he's had some ups and downs. It's not been perfect. He's, he's kind of done some stuff. And we're at this point now where uh, uh, God has told him pretty directly, go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men, women, children, infants, cattle, sheep, camels, donkeys. That's, that's some pretty clear instruction. Leave nothing. Kill everything. And this is one of those stories that we probably don't like to read a lot because here is God telling these people to wipe out the whole tribe of people. Wipe them out. They, they no longer will exist on this earth and you're going to be my tool for that. I'm going to send you there, Israelites. You're going to kill these people and they will be no more. So that's what we're starting with this morning. Um, so let's... We'll, we'll start at the verse 12, we'll go through 16, and we'll kind of talk about that for a second. Uh, 12 through 16 says, early in the morning, Samuel got up, and he went to meet Saul, uh, but he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. And there he has set up a monument in his own honor, and has turned and gone down to, to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you, I've carried out the Lord's instructions. And Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? And Saul answered, The soldiers brought them for the Amalekites. They, spread, they spared the best of sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. <laughs> Enough, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. So the first thing uh, that I was thinking when I read this is, man... Saul has been busy. Uh, Saul, uh, early in the morning Samuel got up and he went to go meet Saul. But he was told Saul was already gone. He had already set up a monument to his own <laughs> honor. For his own achievement for what he had done. Um, he had gone, he won the battle, he killed pretty much everyone. Uh, but there's some... 
background noise. There's some sheep and some, uh, what is it? Yeah, sheep and cattle still making sounds. And Samuel's kind of like, well, if you're finished, then why am I hearing this? But we get this idea that Saul's been busy. He's done a lot already. He's already, not only did he already do, not only do all, not only do all the things that God commanded him to do, but he's also had time to set up his own monument. Um, that's, that's pretty special. He's, he's been busy. Um, a lot of times, uh, we can get busy in our lives, really busy. I was talking to friends the other day, telling them, yeah, I got something Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday. They were like, what night can we get together, or what night can you come help me do this? I was like, well, I can't Monday through Wednesday, definitely can't Thursday, Friday, no. Uh, what are you doing, early Saturday morning? Well, I like to... Not early, but I like to sleep. But sometime when I wake up, I like to go to the gym. And then maybe in Saturday afternoon, maybe Sunday after church. Like, who else has a busy life right now? Most people, right? Even with this COVID stuff, we still have some sports. We still have some things going on. You think your life, for a little while, it did kind of slow down. But it's ramping back up. If you're not back to full speed yet, you're pretty close, right? Uh, we're, we're getting busy again. Everything's kind of piling up and... We live one of the busiest lives that's ever been lived on the planet Earth right now in the time that we live in. We're just busy all the time. Uh, we're spinning our wheels constantly. And there's this, this thing that happens sometimes. Sometimes when you're busy doing good things, you can get really busy and you're doing all these good things. Man, sometimes we've mistaken that for doing the right things. And even worse, we mistake that for doing what God has called us to do. A lot of people have done a lot of good things or been very busy, but it may not be exactly what, what God called you to do. Um, and that can be a problem. If we're really busy, things can start to things in our lives can start to crumble. Sometimes we get busy uh, working on one aspect of our life and we forget the other. Sometimes we're so busy being a provider. You know, as a dad, you want to provide for your wife, uh, your family, you want to provide for them. But sometimes you forget that you also need to encourage them and nurture them and love them. And so you're so busy making a living that you forget that that's not the only thing that you have to do. And sometimes... Uh, you're so focused on this one aspect of your life that you forget these other duties that you have, and it's easy to happen. Um, and that kind of leads us to the next part, um, this idea of partial. Well, so busy does not equal obedience. And also, uh, the next part, partial obedience equals disobedience. Um, let's look at Saul's example. Uh, so if you go jump down to verse 19, and we're still in chapter 15 of 1 Samuel. If you jump down to verse 19, Samuel uh, says to Saul, why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? And this part kind of blew my mind uh, because Saul's a king. He's supposed to be the man that God appointed to be the, the ruler of this entire nation of people. And he's, 
either doubling down on the lie, and you guys know what I'm talking about. When you get caught in a lie, you have a choice. You either come clean or you double down. Nope, wasn't me. <laughs> nope, didn't do it. And everyone else is looking at you like, hmm. And so he says, Samuel comes to him and says, why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? And Saul replies, but I did obey the Lord. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me to. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag their king. The soldiers took the sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. So not only did I do everything God told me to do, I even did extra stuff. He didn't ask me to do these other things, but I did them anyway. <laughs> not only did I do all the things I was supposed to, I, did, I even did some extra stuff. Um, the first one deals with busy. Uh, this one, I think, deals more with the lazy part. It kind of reminds me of when I was a kid and I would get home from school, my mom would sometimes leave me a list. And my sister, she would be working on her list. She got home, she'd do her homework, she'd start working on that list, she'd come through, and her list was way harder than mine. It was like, you know, vacuum and mop, or no, she didn't mop, but like do the dishes. Mine was like, clean your room for the love, please clean your room. Please just clean up something. Mine was really easy and Christy's was hard, but Christy would be over there working and she'd be like, Justin, you better do your chores. Mom's gonna, I'm like, Dragon Ball Z has been going on for a long time and they never fight. They're almost fighting every episode and I've been watching it. This time they're gonna fight. I have to finish this, it just started. I've got 25 more minutes, and I know this time they're actually going to fight each other. They do a lot of talking on that show. If you never watched it, they talk about fighting, and it looks like cool. they do all this cool training, and you're like, they're going to fight. This is it. They talk and talk and talk, and they never fight. And so I'm waiting. I'm watching. It doesn't happen. I watch another episode. It still hasn't happened. And the next thing you know, we lived at the bottom of a hill, and there was a long gravel road, and I see dirt coming up, and I see my mom's car coming down the road. And I go, ah, I forgot my chores. I always remember right then. That was when it hit me. I didn't do my chores. And so I'd run in my room, and I would just throw everything under the bed or in the closet, just kick the closet door shut, and just run really fast. And then right before mom would get in, I would go back to the Dragon Ball Z, just, I don't want to miss it. If they do start fighting, I need to be right back in there. And also, it looks like I did my chores way earlier. If I'm still in the room, you know, she knows. And so, mom comes in, I'm just praying, don't look in the closet. Don't look under the bed. And I open the door and I go, ta-da, don't you like my room? Look, I cleaned it. And I'm hoping she'll just pass by in a hurry, and then I should shut it real quick, and I'll get away. It didn't always work. Sometimes it did. And I kind of feel like that's exactly what Saul's doing. He's trying to pull a fast one like, oh, yeah, I did exactly what you said. I, I did it exactly. And then I also, you know, did, I did some extra stuff too. I did these other things. Um, he was at least partially obedient. Uh, but that's not the way Samuel sees it. Samuel says, why did you not obey the Lord? And Saul doesn't really see it that way. He thinks, well, I did obey the Lord. I just did some extra stuff. But for us, we know that partial obedience is disobedience. If I tell my kids to do something, I expect them to do the whole thing that I said. If I ask them to do the dishes and they just rinse them off and put them in the dishwasher, but they never started it, 
I'm going to be upset. When I go to get a dish out of the dishwasher and it's still got some junk on it, I'm like, who did the dishes? Or when they do their laundry, but they leave it in the washing machine for like, you know, all day long. That, that kind of stuff, you know, we, it's easy to spot it when you're the one giving the orders, right? It's easy to spot the partial obedience. When wives, when you ask your husband to go get something out of your purse, and they're like, it's not in here, I looked. I looked. It's not in here, I can't find it. And then they're like, did you really look? I know it's in there. I looked, I can't find it. It's not in here. And then you have to go look in there yourself. You're usually not happy, right? <laughs> but it's easy to spot when you're the one giving the orders. Sometimes when you're not, I don't, I don't know if it's always that we just don't know what the order was, but sometimes we just partially do it. And man, when you're the one who's giving the order, when you're the one who's asking the person to do something, we can spot that partial obedience. And it's really easy to say, you were not obedient. You did not do the thing I asked you to do. You did it halfway. You did it without your whole heart or whole intent of being obedient to me. Instead, you just did it partially. You only did it a little bit. You did the part you wanted to do, basically. So Samuel goes on to say that obedience is greater than sacrifice. He says, Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. We start to get this picture of something that's wrong in the Old Testament. Something, I won't say wrong, Let's, let's rewind that. Something is not quite fulfilled yet in this picture of sacrifice. Something that's not quite been perfected is that we have this model where sacrifice is required to make up for disobedience. But what we really want is obedience. What we really want is this relationship where you love my command and you love my my statutes and my guides and the things that I give you to make your life better and that you follow them. It's a fuzzy image, what we have in the Old Testament of what Jesus perfects later in the New Testament with his sacrifice. And we'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, Matt, I need you to come back up here. Um, You still have, oh no. Guys, I couldn't be more upset right now. Matt, I thought you were a good guy. CJ, what, I, what did I tell Matt before he left? And what else? Yeah. Take, I, I halfway did that. I, he said he halfway did it. He held on to it. He used it. Matt, why did you break this pencil? You can, any, any excuse you want is fine. You can be honest. You can tell a lie if you need to. I don't, just what, why did you break this pencil? Any, any answer is fine. He told me to. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, we're at church. CJ, 
CJ, what did I tell Matt before he left? The last thing I told Matt was take care of this pencil. Now, I may have called him before the service and said, when I give you this pencil, break it. I might have done that. We don't know. I mean, we know, but you don't know. You don't know for sure what happened. But everyone here knows that I told Matt to do what? Take care of my pencil. Matt, you need to make it up to me. In the Old Testament, they used to tear their shirt. I need you to tear your shirt off. Or pants, either way. Do you have breakaways today? Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're, if you're not going to tear your shirt, there were some other ways in the Old Testament that sacrifice would make up for what you have done to me. Do you have any pets? Preferably one you, preferably one you don't like. We don't have any You don't have any currently? I see why. I see how, I see how that could happen. Um, okay, you don't have any pets, you have two sons, but they're my nephews, and I love them, uh, and, you know, I'm done with little kids, my kids are older, I like that, um, Matt, do you have any money? Can you give me an offering? <laughs> Christy, does he have money? Not even a dollar, you've taken all of his money, this poor man. It's in her purse, I believe that. Matt? You, you have nothing to offer me. Here, hang on. Jess, will you, will you have someone bring my wallet to me? It's in my purse. Yeah, it's in her purse. My money is also in my wife's purse. I'm sure you guys can relate. Those are safe places, safer than this. Yeah. <laughs> you see what happens when we're trusted with things. I did, and I forgot to get it back out. I knew I needed it. Thank you. Thank you, my lovely assistant. Matt, do you now have the ability to repay me for this pencil that you've broken? No? <laughs> oh, thank you. Matt, your debt has been forgiven. I love you. Even though you've broken my special pencil, I'll never have another one. Can you say you're sorry? I am very sorry. Can I still use this pencil the same way as before? I have to turn it? You turn it. Thank, thank you. You are very wise. Matt, you can sit down. Thank you. Thank, even though you ruined my pencil. Something will never be the same about this pencil. I don't know what it is, but something's not the same. No, this pencil will never be exactly like it was. If it was special to me, now it's broken. And even though Matt wasn't strong enough to tear his shirt off, and he didn't have a perfect sacrifice to give me. He didn't have his own pencil to break. Um, he didn't even have any money to give me for the pencil that he broke. Um, I can still forgive him and accept him and love him. Still love you, Matt. But my pencil is still broken. And if I was perfect and had perfect justice, you could never repay this broken pencil. Now, what you gave me might make me still love you, and it might be an attempt, but what's broken is broken. And you could say you're sorry, but it's been broken. That's why he goes on to say in the next verse, rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you as king. Disobedience 
or rebellion is the same as witchcraft or idolatry. It's actually greater than or equal is what I used because it says it as, is as this. So it could be the same, could be more, but it's not less than this. We have witchcraft and idolatry, which are a complete rejection of the gospel. Instead of God, I believe in this other thing. I don't believe in God at all. I am against God. I am an enemy of God because I believe in this other thing. I have set myself against him. His ways are not my ways. And, and I am an idolater or witchcraft person, whatever you call those people. I don't know. Witchcrafter. Witch. Yeah. Wiccan? Is that what you Witch? Okay, that makes more sense. My sister's smarter than me also. Y'all didn't figure that out. Um, so you have these people who are on one side. How can disobedience be equal to or greater than completely not knowing God and not having a relationship with him? And here's what, what I get from that. Um, anytime there's disobedience, it creates a gap. If you are the one who has given the order, hopefully, you have given this, I'm sorry, I'm moving, I'm supposed to stay here. If you have given this thing, it is out of love. When I give my children boundaries, I give them rules, it is rooted with a sense of purpose, with a sense of love, with a sense of care. I know what's good for you, even if you don't. We've had a lot of these conversations. I'm not trying to ruin your life by making it not fun. But I also don't care about how much fun you have. I want your life to be good and I want you to not make these mistakes that I know can lead to harm more than anything else. And so I've set these rules, I've set these things and when you're disobedient, it creates a gap between us. Why does it do that? Because you have rejected the thing that I gave you in love. I gave Matt this pencil in love and he brought it back broken. He rejected my love and he broke it. The, the same thing happens with God in a relationship with us. He has given us commandments. He has given us the law. He gave the people in the Old Testament the law. And he said, hey, I love you. If you do these things, your life will be better. But they would reject it. And they would turn away. And God had a purpose for rooting out these people. For tearing them off the planet and, and ending them. He had a purpose and a plan. And it was for his kingdom, it was for his glory, it was for the good of those who loved him. But Saul didn't see all that, and he rejected the Lord's wisdom, he rejected his command. And when you do that, it creates a gap. It creates a gap between us and the one who loves us. And imagine if, if it hurts for me, if it hurts when, um, when, when someone I love is disobedient to me, if that hurts me, imagine being God whose love is perfect. Not everything I tell my kids is rooted from my deep perfection, trust me. <laughs> my perfect nature is not what drives all of my commands to my kids, but I do love them as much as I humanly can. But God loves us perfectly, and he's given us perfect rules and boundaries and all of these things, and then we, we disobey. We say, 
sounds good, but I think I know a better way. I think I have a different idea. I know you want me to do this. I know you've called me to do this. I know you've asked me to do this. But you know what? I think I'm going to do it this other way. And man, if God's love is perfect, then, and he knows that's what's best for us, then it's got to be I imagine there's some pain in that relationship. Uh, but the good news is, oops, <laughs> uh, obedience is love. If the disobedience is, is a gap, is a break in our love with God, is a break in our communion with him, then obedience is the opposite of that. It is love. Um, that's one of the greatest things uh, that's one of the greatest things about having the Bible is that not only do we have a manual, a book to tell us how to be obedient, but we also have the story of Jesus who was perfectly obedient. He came and modeled obedience uh, for us all. In 2 John 1-6, through 6, this is love that we walk in his commandments. In John 14, 15, if you love me, Keep my commands. Not only did Jesus come and tell us to do these things and, and show, but he also lived a life that modeled these things. Not only in his ministry, but even literally to the point of death. If there's some other way, let this cup pass for me. But if not, then what does he do? He goes to the cross and he takes on the sin of man. And to be the ultimate final sacrifice for all of us. The perfect sacrifice. The one that requires no further sacrifice. Matt doesn't have to tear his shirt or sacrifice. Because Jesus already paid that for us. No longer is he held to that exact same code. Because Jesus enters. Not only does he tell us that it's important to be obedient and to... To love God, but he shows us exactly how to do it in his life and his ministry and all the things that he does. And then at the end uh, um, of his life uh, on earth that he gives his life for us as the perfect sacrifice, as the final sacrifice. Um, I've, I've often, uh, well, people have said if... Uh, why doesn't, God, why doesn't God just, and this pencil goes back to normal? You ever thought about that? If God is perfect in love, why doesn't he just whoop and put this pencil? I can't do it. I'm trying. But Matt broke it really good. I can't. There. Still not good. <laughs> but imagine God puts the pencil back together perfectly. Why wouldn't God just do that for us? When we ask that question, it's because we don't understand who God is. God is perfect in every aspect of his being, and one of the aspects of his being is justice. Matt broke this pencil. <laughs> Matt broke this pencil, for sure. It's broken. There's no undoing that. And if I was perfectly loving, maybe I could do this, but then I wouldn't be perfectly just because Matt still broke this pencil. Um, but in order to fulfill both, God sent his son to die on the cross to be the final sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. 
What an amazing story of obedience. What a perfect picture of how we should live our lives. That we should love God, that we should follow his commandments, that we should believe in Jesus and devote our lives to him. It's not easy to walk in obedience all the time. I know that. I know that personally. I struggle with a lot of the same things that you guys probably struggle with in obedience. Sometimes it's hard to know if you're doing the right thing. I suggest if you don't know what it is that God wants you to do, you pray about it, you seek him, and you find some godly people around you, godly people, and you say, hey, you know, can you, can you give me some discernment? Can you tell me what you think, you know, I'm doing with my life? Does, what, you know, where do you see me at right now? What do you think? And, and go to God and, and go to scripture. Read the Bible and say, God, what is, what is in here for me? Where can you guide me and how can you know? Because there have been some times in our lives where we've been very busy doing ministry and doing stuff, but felt hollow or empty because we lacked purpose. There's been times where we thought we were doing everything and God revealed, no, I need you to go a step further. There's a time where we thought, hey, we're doing this ministry thing. We're doing it part-time. We're keeping my job. Everything's going well. We're busy. We're working. And then all of a sudden, God was like, no, that's not it. You're going to sell everything and you're going to go full-time. That's what I want. I want full obedience. And we were like, okay. And so we did that. And then there's just these steps that you sometimes have to take and you have to seek God and say, God, what is it in my life that you need me to do right now? Sometimes we have to ignore the distractions, the busyness. Sometimes we know what it is and we just don't want to do it. I'm telling you right now, guys, your life will be better if you're walking in a loving relationship with the Lord and you're, in, you're not blocked out by shame or guilt because you know you're disobedient. If you walk in that obedience and you get to walk hand in hand with the Lord, your life is going to be different. It's going to be better. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be good because we see time after time, people in the New Testament, they're doing exactly what God called them to do, and they're living a rough life. They're in jail. They're being beat. They're being persecuted for the gospel. But I tell you what, I wouldn't want any other life than what God has asked me to do. I want to be obedient to God. But sometimes I'm Saul. Sometimes I say, God, I did what you asked me to do. Can I also do these other things? <laughs> I really just want to do these other things. It would be a lot easier in my life if I could just do some of this other stuff that I want to do. Um, you know, I really, like, like Jamie, I really would have liked to have been six foot tall. Could we just work that out? It's not going to happen. I'm still waiting on my college growth spurt. Mom, you said that would happen. It has not happened. But at the end of the day, there's really, just, there's really just our purpose over our performance. What has God called you to do in your life? If you don't know him, if you've never, if you're still living in that full rebellion, you've never come to the Lord, you've never given your life to him, and I pray that's the first step that you do. I pray that you would do that today as we finish and worship, just go to the Lord and say, God, I want to believe, I want to follow you, I want to give my life to you, and, and do that today. Come find me or another staff member or anybody that you know is a Christian and tell them, hey, I want to, I want to know the Lord, I want to give my life to them. How do I do that? Um, I'm going to pray for you guys. Let's, let's bow our heads and pray.
Dear Lord, I pray today that we would be a people who walk in obedience. That, God, we want to be here, we want to worship, and we want to love you. But your word says that we love you through obedience. God, sometimes it's easier to worship and to love the way that we want to love you. And all those things are good. But you've asked us to be obedient. To follow your commands. The written commands, the ones that you've given us that are expressly outlined in detail. Hey, live this way. Do these things. God, I pray that we would do those things. That we would be men and women who love God and love our neighbor that we take the gospel to the ends of the earth, that we do all the things that you commanded us to do and walk in love with you. And God, I pray that that would be our worship today. That our worship today, we would do it in song and in word, but we would also do it in deed and in truth. That God, that we would love you over our own selfish desires, that we would choose your ways over our ways or over the world's ways, that we would use your word and your discernment to guide our lives. God, I pray so much that we would be a people that know you and know what you've called us to do. God, I thank you so much for, for your son that you saw and made a way for us through this ultimate sacrifice that pays for for our sins, that we would just believe and have faith. God, I pray that we would have faith in you. I pray for this church as they go out, as they have their week, Lord, that they would seek you and say, God, what is it in my life? Where do I lack obedience? God, where do I need to follow you? And where do I need to repent and turn and seek you? God, please Lead us in our lives as we do that. Yeah, I thank you so much for all our blessings. Thank you for our families, our jobs, all the things that you've given us, and all the ways that you provide and love us. In your name I pray, amen.